Williams. Like he's he's not gonna get any better than this. He's not gonna get you know what I mean? Like he's He's without peak Cla- stuff. Yeah, he's without Clay right now and he's doing exactly what he did five seasons ago. Like that's insane. That means he's gotten better. Because um, he's doing it now with obviously with less, so obviously yeah. and more attention. And Draymond's putting up stupid stat lines, and I don't know what what is it. They've won. I don't know what win streak are they on right now. They're on only a one game win streak because they lost to the Nets. They've been a, they've been on a weird thing but where they, they got because like, they haven't lost any more than two or won won any more than two in a row, right? That's no, thing. they're like weird. It's like they'll win two, lose one, win one, lose one, and they'll win two. Because like, I want to say they're on like a stretch of like being eight and three or something. I don't know. Maybe I heard wrong, but it just seems like they're really finding themselves. And I want to, I have some thoughts about them, and I want to make sure they're going in the right direction from the past. And that was, yeah. I was, this was a Steph I was kind of hoping to see after the, well, kind of just the same kind of Steph I was hoping to see right after they lost. Uh, they lost to the Cavs was pretty much. Coming back better than ever, mm-hmm. like I mean, this is oh, before they got, yeah before they got Durant. I mean, like this is what I thought we were gonna see from Steph like that next season. Obviously, yeah. they would have had Clay, so they'd be even more contenders. But like, I thought he was coming back and going to do pretty much what he did in his MVP season. And I believe I because I had him as MVP for this season, and I've mm-hmm. had him doing pretty much what he did in his MVP season. He's doing which is asking a lot. Like I don't know why mm-hmm. that's not a prediction someone would make based off of like if anything I thought his assists would go up yeah so you said that and I was like and maybe be at like around 28 like 30 like that's asking a lot especially for someone who was out for most of the last season and you know was the number two but Steph hasn't fallen off at all and he's I'll, gotten better same thing with uh like and I was right on pretty much the percentages like I've I don't know what he's done pretty exactly mm-hmm. what other than I looked at it today his points are the exact same. Rebounds are point one off. The assists, he's at, he averaged one less assist this year than he did last year, shooting 50, 43, 93 instead of 50, 45, 91. Like he's averaging, he's the same person as he was in his MVP season, and the points are coming much harder because he gets twice the attention that he does because Clay changes that entire thing. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super impressive what he's doing. He is putting up the same stats. I don't look. The percentages are fun to me. I, like we brought up last time with Andrew, like the percentages are like way off. Like people mm-hmm. are shooting at an unreal clip all over. So yeah. like that's why it's almost more exciting for me the Steph thing because I think until we get to the break in a couple of weeks, he's just gonna put up ridiculous shooting numbers and games and all this because literally if he gets any look, it's going in. Like you used to say this thing. Because, you know, you're a big Steph watcher and, you know, he's on national TV all the time. So it's true. Like, if you watch Steph, it seems like, especially in those games when it's, whether he's at home or on the road, it seems like he'll make that 35-foot pull-up three before he hits that wide-open short corner three. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it seems I, like he'll just miss those even when he's at his hottest for whatever reason. Yeah, like... Now um, he's not even missing those. And I don't know. Obviously, it's Steph regardless. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he hits those whatever, whatever. But it seems like he's hitting all those at a higher clip. And it seems like... He's just locked in, like, in a zone. And it seems that way for a lot of shooters. Like, Kyrie, these last few games, he just looks like he's at another level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, the, between him, Dane, and Kyrie. The second half of that Warriors game, Kyrie really just put on a clinic of showing his offensive talent. He, he just went one-on-one the whole time. Doing whatever you know? he really wanted to do. But no, you're right. 
I have always said that it feels like Steph makes like if Steph pulls up from thirty five, I'm like it's in. Sometimes yeah. on the short corners, it's weird. Like even when like his good examples, his first quarter against the Wizards when he dropped fifty one in it was nationally televised when he dropped it in Washington. Mm-hmm. He went seven of eight in the first quarter from three and missed the the one he missed was a wide open wing three. Yeah, the other ones were like people in his face had to step into a shit like all of those ones he made it was the wide open one where it's like you almost have too t- too much time it's like those are the ones he manages to miss which is weird but yeah it's they're fun to watch they're one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to watch i mean if you've listened to this podcast long enough you know like i kind of i'll say when i'm on here like i kind of adopt teams that i watch and not even adopt like just teams I end up watching more than the others that aren't the Celtics me being a Celtics fan and like last year was a lot of blazers this year, it's just happened to be a lot of Warriors. Like, I've watched a lot of Warriors this year. And uh, yeah, they look a lot like, especially these last this last week and a half, they look a lot like that team, you know, that was on, that had a little dynastic run for a reason, you know, obviously mm-hmm. without Durant. Like, even before that, the body language and the way Draymond Green's playing um, and what they're getting from Uber now that he's settled in. Uh, we were saying the other day, like, I think if that once they get Clay Thompson back, if they happen to not trade Kelly Oubre, that six that they have right there with Wiseman, Draymond, Wiggins, Curry, Clay, and Oubre, that's as good of a six as you're going to get. You know what They're I mean? They're a like, championship that's a good, contender. It, pretty when much. When Clay Thompson comes back and they can get one more role player. Like, they're pretty a championship much. contender. And they will. And they, uh, they're a lot like the Spurs. Because I've seen a lot of people. There was... I don't know what segment of NBA fans this is, but there's a segment of NBA fans who really think Steve Kerr is not a great coach and who think Steph's a bum. Like, but those people are bums too who think Steph's a bum because that doesn't make fucking sense. And there's people after literally two games who were like writing Steph off. Not people of note, but like there's still people like that. You know, I don't know who the person is in the media that's like anti-Steph, but there's nothing you could be anti-Steph about to me. But, um, um, you know, the production you see right now from Juan Toscano Anderson... And, uh, you know, last year and even a little bit this year of Eric Paschal, players like that, like they're very... Damian Lee's doing well. Even even Kent Bazemore, who's hopped from team to team, has found a niche on this team, which he... It's been hard for him to find anywhere else in the league, obviously. Yeah, because he went... Where'd he go? He just went to the Hawks after Golden State, right? Yeah, he went to the Hawks, Golden Golden State. I think he went to another team, but it's hard to... He's just one of the most... I think he was just an ATL. Was he? I thought he was on another team, but... might have been. Could be wrong about that, but yeah, anyways. But he... Yeah, no, they just remind me, remind me very much of a Spurs organization, just how they run themselves. You know, that's obviously being with Steve Kerr as the coach who once played for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Curry, Kurt, Steve Kerr himself says Steph Curry is the Tim Dunk of this generation as far as being unselfish and easy to play with while being a superstar. So it all makes sense how that falls in line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's fun to see Draymond doing what he's doing. I'm running on like the, about the Warriors, like they're my squad or something. So uh, <laughs> we can we can pick a new topic, but that's one of my observations so far on this uh, NBA season. Uh, How about you? What's like some of your observations? I could go on and on. I got a few more, but I want to hear some of, um, some of yours. My observation is Jimmy Butler's more important to the Heat than some way of thought. Like Jimmy Butler's obviously important, and obviously Jimmy Butler had a historical performance for his standards, especially in the finals. Uh-huh. But without Jimmy Butler this year, the Heat have looked bad. I mean, he, even with the with Jimmy Butler, they haven't even looked that great. I mean, they just lost to a Clippers team that had no Kawhi, no Nicholas Batum, no Paul George. Mm-hmm. And they lost to them because Marcus Morris put up 30. But 
I've noticed that without Jimmy Butler, it's like they almost, it's like they kind of lost like the dog in the Heat. Sometimes I don't know. They play. Yeah. They play. A, they have finesse players like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson are finesse, and then obviously Bam's not finesse, but Bam has more finesse to his game. Jimmy Butler's really like brings really the grit and grime of what the Heat, like what Pat Riley is, what Eric Spoelstra kind of can be. Yeah, like he kind of ties it all together. And without that, I think they kind of play. They almost look a little lost. Like they just they have hunger and they have fight, but they just don't have. I don't know. It's not always there for forty eight minutes. Yeah, I think you know what. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think, I think, Miami being such a young team because you know without Jimmy Butler, that's a team we've really already seen. Like that's basically the same team without Jimmy Butler the year before. You know, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I don't know. They've kind of been without him before. They got Spolstra. They got the whole Heat organization known for being one of the best. I honestly, think you know a mixture of them being young and playing in the finals. What two se- two months before the season started? Yeah, I think that's having a more of an effect on them than it is, you know, the Lakers. Which you would think would be the other way around. Maybe with Jimmy Butler, I think they look a little better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's where Jimmy Butler is missed more so is the experience as far as you know the quick turnaround of an off season going into this season. But I think the Heat they'll get it together. They're going to be a playoff team by the end. Um, I'm not panicking yeah. yet. Yeah, because I think. Yeah, they'll have Jimmy, and I'm sure they'll make an offseason move, whether it's a buyout market move or a trade move. I would expect uh, Pat Riley to be aggressive in the trade market, given what how he's playing and given that they were a contender last year, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I would say they were two games away from winning it all. Right. Really? Right. And, uh, yeah, they overachieved. They're known to overachieve. Spolster does great over there. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I think the more Jimmy plays – the better they'll get. Yeah, like you said. They're, but I don't think necessarily it's the play they're missing. It's that more more his energy, you know? Yeah. Was, Just that leadership. But yeah, I would expect, I think if this is a normal offseason and Jimmy Butler happened to be out a little longer, I think Bam would be better off, you know, having a full offseason, doing whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think they maybe would be afloat more. It but, almost feels like kind of in the NFL, that quarterback that second year quarterback, like the rookie mm-hmm. year, they go and so is that sa- that sophomore slump they'll call it. It kind of feels like that, and then you really know who a team and what a team is after that, or like a quarterback after that third season. Like if they come back after they took the punches, they know the highs, they know the lows, how they come back from that. I know that he can do it during this season as well. I'm just saying, it, they take a what? Oh, this is how you have to ch- go from being the hunty to the hunted and things yeah. like like things like that. It's still a weird season. It still seems like the majority of the teams really don't have their identity yet. The that's Jazz why I kind of singled out. Yeah, that's why I singled out the Warriors. Warriors, the Jazz. Lakers um, still do. Lakers, Clippers. Uh, Sixers. They're and the fine. Sixers. They're I fine. Would, yeah. I would say in the Bucks, I'll throw the Bucks mm. in there. That's really all who really knows what they're, they yeah. are at this point. You know, the Nuggets don't look the same. Celtics, I'm sure we'll talk about them in a sec. They don't look the same. Um, the Nets obviously don't look the same from last year because they're still finding their identity. But right, and they're starting to come along. Yeah, I would even, I'd even, you know, put the Nets in there just off talent compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, hopefully the Nuggets find themselves. I'm not speaking as a Nuggets mm-hmm. fan or anything, but uh, that could get dicey. You're, spe- they, you're speaking of a fan of basketball. I mean, the Nuggets yeah. are just like Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter. Like, That's just a fun team. Like Jokic is bringing it, but they're they're missing. They kind of seem. 
like the Celtics were in 2018, even the Celtics this year. Like you kind of just roll the ball out and play and that you're going to win. Like, no, they, the Clippers shouldn't look better than the Nuggets. The Nuggets, the Clippers are where the Nuggets are. Excuse me. Let me start over. The Clippers are where the I thought the Nuggets would be at yes. this point. I thought they'd be the second hottest team in the West. Mm-hmm. Given the way Jokic is playing, you'd expect that too. So they're missing something. I'm not really sure what it is because there's a ton of depth on that team. Yeah. Um, they got plenty of shooting. They really have no holes. You know, I don't know if it's defensively, but they just got to get their act together. But you could say that about a 85% lot of, of the teams. So it's oh. hard to really say what's real, what's not. It's weird because I feel like some of the lesser teams have an identity. They just don't have the talent for it. Like, I yeah. feel like the Hornets have an identity. Mm-hmm. I've watched obviously a lot. I've watched a lot of them with Lamelo, and they're fun. They're actually yeah. They fun. feed off of Lamelo's energy a lot. Lamelo, Gordon Hayward's playing like an all star. Mm-hmm. Terry Rozier over the last couple of weeks has been playing like an all star. But yeah, like, he's had a great season. Like they have Shouts their energy. Uh, the Knicks have their identity. They're just being. They're playing a hard nosed team that runs through Julius Randle right now. Julius Randle had forty four last night. I think mm-hmm. it was. He, um, a team like the Spurs, they always have an identity really. For the yeah. most part, like they have an identity right now, which is just kind of the Spurs way in a sense. And yeah, they're playing hard, you know. That's the and the Suns are starting to show like they have an identity for what they're doing. Going Devin Booker as a star, Chris Paul's kind of almost molding that team together, taking the youth and putting Listen, it together with experience. They're going to be tough. All the stuff you hear about LeBron James with age, and you know what he's doing at age, I think thirty six now. Yep, and the consistency he's he's shown over his career Mm -hmm. you have to say the same exact thing about chris paul you can't leave chris paul out of that conversation like i was a big chris paul fan like throughout the early part of his career especially i mentally i wrote chris paul off like two years ago after he got traded from houston Mm -hmm. and that was maybe that was just last season sorry but uh i mentally i think after not after it was a houston year it was like the year after they went 60 they won 65 games and then after he got they injured went game brink. five yeah after they took the warriors to seven i kind of mentally wrote him off because he came back the next year was still effective but wasn't and 15 points a game on only 42 percent shooting which is not like him and his assist went down which kind of makes sense the system was whatever yeah. and you know they took the warriors again to six games didn't work out but ever since then okc this season you know he's still a top 10 point guard, arguably top five point guard. Like he, I think I have my five right now, personally. Yeah, it's it's up there. Like, it dep- and also it depends, like, do you count, like, Luka and Harden as point guards? Luka, without a doubt, is a point guard. Uh, Harden... See, I would... See, if Luka's a point guard, then Harden's a point guard. I would I mean. say that, except, you know, Luka's played point guard his whole career. Like, overseas and here. Like, he's the de facto point guard. Harden, they put the ball in his hands... That one year, and really called him, <clears throat> excuse me, the point guard. Then, as we just said, Chris Paul came over there. He's probably their starting point guard. And, uh, you know, Kyrie just the other day says now he's the two guard, Harden's the point. Sure, like, he, he ends up making the plays, but he's not like Luka, who's in control of the offense. Completely, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. It's kind of, Harden feels like LeBron. Like when LeBron a bit, yeah. and, and the see, offense like, definitely runs through him. So, and so I guess. you could argue like LeBron was a point, but he wasn't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you could argue. Yeah, because LeBron's points. definitely a point guard. Like, like out of like all a, the positions, like LeBron if is LeBron's the point a point guard, and that's but, why for me right now, like watching over the last, the more I've watched Harden, the more I realize he's a really a point guard. Because at first, mm-hmm. like when you saw him get 
all of his assists, you would be like, oh, he's kind of just getting those assists off of having the ball so much, getting doubled, and just making the right play. And it's like, no, this guy really can see the game. Like, which was the case, pardon? which, um, you know, that's why if you go back, sorry to cut you off, but... No, you're good. The the Thunder trading James Harden originally. That's why it... Made no sense. It made no sense. Well, I mean, it made... To me, it doesn't make sense. To you, it doesn't make sense. But, like, you know, I get where they're coming from. Like if they thought they could get it back. But, you know, having three stars like that under 25 at the time. I don't even know if they were all 23 at the time. That was right. the thing. Because people with the Durant-Westbrook, can this work? That was going on when Harden was there. But it wasn't a big deal because they would. They'd bring Harden off off the bench. He's in crunch time. He's got the ball in his hands. Not yeah, Westbrook. Because and Westbrook's really playing as the cutter, as the, you know. Playing the position the he played in college. Yeah, like yeah Darren yeah. Collison was the one on those in that UCLA team. He was, Westbrook was a two. Because Westbrook, like, most of those, like three quarters of the game, yeah, he is your point guard. But Westbrook in crunch is, time, it was James Harden with the ball. Kind of like what you're seeing right now in uh, Brooklyn. James Harden would have the ball. He's directing it. Obviously, Durant's number one option. And then, you know, Kyrie, Westbrook, they're filling in here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's why it would have worked. If they would have kept Harden, I wholeheartedly believe they wouldn't ring, you know? And uh, you say, oh, that's easy <laughs> to say now. Only- but I believe that then. Like, I, I could not believe. I'll never forget that night when <laughs> I saw across the ticker on the bottom that they traded James yeah. Harden. I was like, what? I'm gonna say, you, know, I'm, you just I'm, don't get that three stars under 23, let alone 25. No, you know, I was going to say. Of that level. You, I mean, obviously, we'll never know if they would have won a ring. But if you would have had to bet money, yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with. As we were talking the other day, I mean, you were just talking basketball, talking the Warriors. I wholeheartedly believe if Kevin Durant just comes back to OKC just for that one year, 2017, he doesn't go to the Warriors. They at least are back in a Game 7 situation at, in the Western Conference Finals at the least, no and matter who they're playing And maybe this time it's in OKC instead of in Golden State. Right, exactly. Possibly, they, you never know. They make that trade. They get Oladipo the next year. So it would have been, I don't have it right in front of me, but it would have been KD... Westbrook, Oladipo. Serge. Uh, I think Serge got traded. Oh, Serge was, Serge yeah. was in the trade. Um, who was their center then? They still would have had Steven Adams. That's still, enough. Still that, like, have, yeah. That, still like, right had, there, like, whatever you fill in from there is filler. But, like, yeah. that's enough. We still had Ennis Cantor, Roberson, who just signed with the Nets the other day. Oh, and he's a lockdown defender. So that's actually a good pickup for them on the cheap. Yeah. Like, they would have had pieces. They would have been more talented. He's been out for so long. Hopefully, he worked on a jump shot. Yeah, right? You would think. You would think. Because he hasn't played basketball, really, in three years. He came back over the bubble, but... Did he? I think I believe he did, yeah. <laughs> he probably did, but I don't and remember. He came back in the bubble, and then, and then he must have got released, obviously. His contract yeah, came to um, an end. Uh, yeah, but no, I wholeheartedly believe... he worked a shot of his. <laughs> yeah. I wholeheartedly believe the Thunder squandered squandered a ring with Harden and uh, if Durant comes, just comes back I believe they're in good position and you know obviously that's why everyone was mad because we knew that Durant mm-hmm. comes back or if he goes wherever just don't go to the team that just you know has a ready made dynasty when you after after the 2012 finals when LeBron won the first like when LeBron won yep. and obviously the Thunder they lost in five but you're like if you would have said at that time that team's never getting to the finals again, as probably like that, even that Kevin Durant led Thunder team's never getting to the finals again, anyone would have looked and been like, they had so That's many chances. So dumb. I was like, I was watching those highlights of the Clay Thompson game and the amount of talent the Thunder had on that team. 
what they never got, which is the same thing as LeBron's first go around. Well, actually, no. I'll scratch that. The Thunder never got was shooters for Durant Westbrook. No. Like, even after Durant left, they should have just surrounded that team around Westbrook with shooters, and they didn't. Yeah, they should have looked what the Rockets were doing. Because Westbrook, the best we've seen Westbrook look was not the triple-double season, was last year before COVID when he was just in Houston, basically playing mini Giannis. Wasn't taking threes, just going to the rim, hitting shooters. He was playing out of his mind and efficient. And it just, it was a different Westbrook. Yeah, know? that's like, I have talked with Joe, well, Westbrook's his favorite player in the league. Mm-hmm. I've talked with Joe for six years on why is he taking three-point shots. He's not a three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. He should take three a game, maybe four, all depending on obviously how the game's going. If you're hot, sure. But there's no reason why he should take more than four. That's not his game. Get him in the mid-range. You can get by whoever you want to and just dish off the shooters. And during that stretch, he played phenomenal basketball. It's almost like an I told you so moment, I felt like. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't but, take anybody to see, like, oh, you got a slasher who's a athlete, you know, put some like, shooters around. Like, him. all you had to do was, was watch, crazy. like, Dwayne Wade, like, Westbrook, like, you felt, and, like, you kind of have a lot of Westbrook and mm-hmm. Wade. I'm sorry, yeah. Wade and Westbrook, I should say. That's the weird thing about OKC, because they are a great organization that you clearly, like, now they're rebuilding but they're still competing they have mm-hmm. still really good players you know so it's really weird that they couldn't just add a shooter or two to Durant and Westbrook because that's really all they were missing but then again you know then they go down they were up 3-1 on OKC they yeah. need shooting then you know what I mean and uh you know would have made them more effective but they definitely had enough to win period yeah you know? and 100%. Uh, yeah just trading James Harden never getting back you know after they traded Westbrook to the Rockets it was a really like a like a wow like they had all three of them at one point mm-hmm. all MVPs and got nothing out of it really I mean that's too literal to say of course I got years of great basketball out of it but you know no championship you would never they, expect that for having Durant Westbrook and Harden they, on your team they got nothing out of it of what they should have got out of it no 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 you just the way they, it, they underachieved they they underachieved I can't even say that because it all to the, me they underachieved like in the literal sense yeah they underachieved but. Obviously, there's so much that happened with it, but like, there was so much that happened, and there was just—it's such a unique situation. Like you, it's rare that you just get a Durant and Westbrook out of the draft, and then a Harden, and then you constructed this the right way, and you got Jeff Green, mm-hmm. and you got Serge Ibaka. I'll say, you know, so in from their view, if you got that monopoly of a talent and you got that draft record, sure, maybe if we trade James Harden for such and such. You would still expect, okay, we got Durant and Westbrook. We can still pull something out of that. And they, yo, they could have. Like, so in that it. sense, you know, definitely underachieved. But I can't, you know, I think they would take that all mm-hmm. again if they could. You know, there's situations there that they probably do win it all if they play it. You know, because it's not necessarily the Harden thing. It could have been other role plays. Yeah, if, I mean, if they play a better game but, six, they... If Kevin yeah. Durant, if Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook don't turn the ball over four times in the last two minutes of the game, exactly. they probably win it all that year because they get they either win it all or they go seven with the Cavs. Like they could have beat that Cavs team. So yeah, no. So then in that sense, that's, I do agree with you. They underachieved. That's why I think but, that I I don't think. But it's hard to say because it's like how, you know, what would everyone else have done? Because you know there were people who were on the side of trading Harden. That wasn't me, mm-hmm. but there were people. You know, you did get Kevin Martin back, and it did seem like, all right, you can still salvage it. But essentially, they chose Ibaka over Harden, and they did it a year earlier than they had to, which was a shock. Uh, yeah. I, was gonna say, I just think as, that season out. I think as an organization, 
they underachieved. Mm-hmm. Just like in that time frame. Like for if, sure. Yeah, if you're a GM, you're right. if you're, you're right. a GM and an owner, and you're looking after the 2012, like after LeBron's celebrating, about damn time, and you're looking, and then in 20, a July 4th of 2017 or 16, mm-hmm. you look and you're like, "Wait, we had that was the only Finals appearance we had, and we had Westbrook, Harden, and Kevin Durant, and Reggie Jackson at one point, and mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka, and Stephen Adams, down. and Jeff Green. Like if you had all those players at one point in time, and you didn't win." You underachieved. Like, I understand there's so many ways of different ways yeah. that come about it, but as an organization, I'm going to look back as a GM and be like, how did we not make but there's something all, here work? There's also at least two seasons. You can take two seasons out of that and attribute them directly to either injury, an injury to Westbrook or Durant. Yeah. Two of them. So that's a little different. A little different, but you I can't put that on them. If those two teams are healthy and they don't make it, then sure. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously their best chance, as we mentioned, 2016, mm-hmm. they squandered that. Yes. Um, but you know, you also had the Clippers with Lap City at the time during that little mini. They underachieved too. They didn't even get out of the second round. Like that. I mean, it's hard to say they underachieved because there's so much talent there. You know what I mean? Because no, nobody, some... nobody expected the Warriors to rise up as they did. You know what I no, mean? No, I. So I mean, you can't. It's easy now to be like, oh, they had such, such, and such. Yeah, they underachieved. But really, you had a young, young Blake Griffin, just as young as Steph Curry. You know, like yeah, same draft. And Harden, all three of them, same draft, you know? And, uh, <laughs> one hell of a draft. And Chris Paul, it, yeah, they underachieved, but so much happened to them. They had classic collapses, you know? They, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's were, also, that's part of it, kind of. That's part of it. But, I mean, I can't ever I mean, say the Clippers that, were a favorite. We thought they would have gotten over the hump. Yeah, but, I mean, but, they were, I mean, 3 1 to the Rockets and they lost it. And they lost. That was crazy. That's a crazy, that's one of the craziest losses of the year because James Harden's on the bench in that game. And they were down like done. 25. <laughs> done. Josh Smith and uh, I believe, is it Corey Brewer? It was Josh Smith and somebody. Mm-hmm. Brought him back. Brought him back. Harden was done. Yeah, like and, those uh, are the and then they go and lose that game seven. Yeah, there's there's weird moments. But I can't ever say the Clippers were a favorite. You know? they no, That's a no, loaded West. I don't think they're underachieved because they didn't get to the finals. I just think they underachieved because they never got to the Western Conference finals. Like, I just think they needed to get at least, like, there are certain, I didn't look at them and think they are a must championship. Like, they have to get there. Yeah. Like, that, that's why I'm saying, like, they couldn't even get out of the think, second round. Like, I just, I understand there's so many different circumstances that happen with it. It's just like, yeah, a, really? You guys couldn't. One time, you guys couldn't get out of the second round. That's the only thing with me. Like even now, yeah. like last year, they kind of un- they underachieved. Like there's no reason why Kawhi last Leonard, year absolutely they underachieved. I was like, that's I don't a, reason why Paul George and Kawhi Leonard up three two in a series should not get out of a. Oh wait, they're three two or three one. Three one. It was three one. Yep. There's that, no reason why, especially with second half leads and up by double digits in all three games in five six and seven. Yeah. Last year they up. for sure underachieved, but uh, you know the. Mid 2010s, because you know, we brought that up the other day. We're just talking about that era Mm because you know, you can look back on it now. Um, you know, the Clippers, it was just such a weird time because you know, you have the Rockets, Clippers, Thunder, and Warriors. That's really the four who are competing there, and the Spurs, and the Spurs, absolutely. And uh, yeah, forget the Spurs there. So, you it was really take your pick of who was the most healthy, who was clicking at the right time, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. because... That year when the Clippers lost 3-1, Blake Griffin was playing like a top Phenomenal. five player in the playoffs. Like he was playing insane. I think, I could be wrong, but I think maybe one of them gets injured that year. And then their last year together, their last full year together where they could have made a run, Blake and Chris Paul both get mm-hmm. injured. So, I mean, injury bug happened with them. And yeah, look at that. 
Spurs are in the finals two times that decade, and I completely forgot about to mention them. You yeah. Know? And, uh, yeah, and that's a good segue because I don't want to stick on past basketball. The 2014 Spurs, the Utah Jazz remind me a lot of the 2014 Spurs right now. The way they're moving the ball, the way they have a complete identity, the way they just play for each other, they trust each other. They, like Donovan Mitchell's their best player, but it's like... He wouldn't get an MVP. Like he may get an MVP vote, but he's not winning your MVP. Yeah, no, he's not doing anything crazy. They're just playing collectively. And that's unbelievable show, basketball. And that just shows you how good of a team they are. Absolutely. And how Quinn Quinn Snyder needs to get more respect as how how good of a coach he is. Yeah, I don't feel like people talk about him at all. He gets like lost just because There's, he's kind of in the middle of the pack, always in the West. But that's the West. So like Quinn Snyder is a very good coach. There's five or six coaches who remind me a lot of each other. Or they kind of give me Popovich vibes. Mm-hmm. So I like, I always kind of bet on them. Would be Spolstra, Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr, yep. Quinn Snyder of the mm-hmm. Jazz, as you just mentioned. And uh, I don't know who the other one is. That might be it, actually. Just those four. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, <laughs> those four, just how they preach ball movement, how they yeah. trust their bench, and they'll give their bench a little more leash than other teams. I like that. I like my Oh, Nick Nurse is that. probably the other one. Nick Nurse, actually. Yeah, that is. That is. That's a good one. The, the Raptors the same way. Yeah. They trust their bench. They'll trash it. They're not afraid to deviate from the norm. Um, yeah. They rely on their stars, but um, they don't, you know, just give them the ball and say, you know, here, you know what I mean? They that really Belichick kind of any given Sunday, you could be the guy that's called on. When yeah. Most most teams they have a set rotation. They're not afraid to go to their eleventh player on the bench just to try, even in like a pivotal game. Yeah. Like they'll do it. Because they actually they, coach. They use their whole yeah. team. You know yeah. that kind of thing. So. I always kind of like teams or coaches who construct their teams like that and use their teams like that because, you know, at the end of the day, you know your team. And uh, they don't have elite talent. They've got great shooting mm-hmm. mixed with Donovan Mitchell, who's an elite offensive talent, and then Gobert, who's an elite defensive talent. That with their shooters, with the preaching of their ball movement, that's a dangerous, Boy, dangerous a team. big upgrade for them. He, he is helped. a sniper. I love his game. Love Boyan's game. Like, he is a pure shooter. And he's like, cold, but, like, people like him and Joe Ingles, you're afraid taking the last shot because they just have, like, no... It's almost, like, no care. Joe, Joe Ingles is a top-five <laughs> player of mine in the league, like, especially in the role-player department. He's... They just have, love. like, no care. So it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm not worried about missing the shot, and those are the people you're worried about shooting those shots. Boyan, low-key, when they... His last year in Indy, I believe, LeBron's last year, too, 2018... He was going like head to head with LeBron, like guarding LeBron on defense, going at him. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the year that the Pacers took him seven. Took him seven. Yes. That was like that was actually a good series, surprisingly. So you know you could see the makings there of oh this guy not afraid at all of anybody, not afraid to shoot, pure shooter. Like mm-hmm. he is a sniper. Him and Eagles. You know you almost could trade one of them. It would be Eagles the one that they trade. I yeah. don't think they will. I don't think you need to. Yeah, I don't think they need to. I feel like they're. One more offensive creator away, or maybe I, you know, I don't know. They got know, favorites back there. They're a deep and team. And Conley, Mike Conley's getting back to Mike what Conley, he was, yeah, like, to what he's been. He kind of was a little off last season, but he started off in a slump mm-hmm. in the bubble, and since then he has looked like Grizzlies. Mike Conley. Yeah, he's. I was gonna say he's really. And they he's, got Royce O'Neal. They got. They've got a squad, and uh, yeah, Rudy Gobert still looks like your perennial defensive player of the year. Like he. Yeah. 
Yeah, is the definition of a rim protector. So also, Jordan Clarkson dropped forty the other night. Like, yeah, that's what he does. He gets buckets. I was gonna say he's just a, he's a perfect guy to have off of your bench because if you ever need a scoring spark like that, Lou Williams or whoever, he's that guy who can go out and go get you forty. <laughs> like, yeah. can, he really can go get you thirty or forty if you really need it, and he, he's it's that kind of night for him. I'm really interested to see, like, what teams bounce back after this two-week break because mm-hmm. in three weeks we get a two-week break because yeah. i think the jazz like i said about curry i think they're just going to continue flowing barring injury straight through to that point and how teams come back i'm not sure so the heat if you're a heat fan like yourself you hope they make a push here to be like around that you want to be lower eight i was gonna say you want to be like anywhere from seven to ten by the time that is because that's where that two-week break is like an NFL bye week. Yeah. Where you tune up everything you need to. You know how the season's going. You know what teams are looking like. And it's like, okay, now we got to turn it up. We kind of got to flip that switch because now we're in like really a push. We got to go get it. They, um... Shit, what was I going to say? Oh, the Celtics ran out. They're the five seed. They're at 500. I'm not sure how many other teams in the East are above 500, but it's not many. So Three. It's three. So the, Pacers, so the Pacers must be at 500 as Pacers well. Pacers are at 500. Philly's one right now, 18 and 10. Milwaukee's yeah. two at 16 and 11. Brooklyn's three at 17 and 12. There's only teams above 500. Yeah, and those are your three contenders in the East. You know, if Miami gets back, if Boston makes a trade, or if Kemba can put together a consistent run, maybe you can throw Boston in there. Would you think about trading Kemba? I've thought about this long and hard. Pause. But uh, <laughs> the foursome of smart... Kemba, Tatum, and Jalen Brown, they've only played 28 minutes together. So you can't overreact to that. If Here's the thing with Kemba, though. He fits a lot better with that original team of Gordon Hayward. When you've got Tatum, Hayward, and Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, you can have Kemba Walker. Then he's a luxury because mm-hmm. you know, he can play his one-on-one game and do the whole Isaiah thing. Isaiah thing. Um, See, this would- year... It, it's harder with your two wing options and your top heavy at center. We got Tice, Tristan Thompson, and Rob Williams at center, who we all give minutes. And you don't really have that two guard right now with Marcus Smart, who can kind of take pressure off Kemba Walker as far as bringing the ball up. Yeah. So he, his last game he played great, was his best game probably since he's been back. It doesn't look like it fits, but I'd at least want to see what this team that was intended. You know when they were put yeah. together this season, what they look like. We, you know, I think it was the first or second game back. Marcus Smart gets injured. Yeah, with that for Kemba. I, that's fair. I, I still don't think they're a contender. I would like to see. I would. I would move Kemba. I just don't think that's, you. That's the one you would give up. But and it's not even because I think he's bad or a bad fit. I just think you can, with the way the league is. I think that Boston could be so dominant if they got like another scoring win, like a wing. Like, if you had... Because, obviously, I think you can run your offense through Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, I don't... The thing about... Because sure. the, the, the thing about being a point guard is I've never really cared who brings the ball up from mm-hmm. the inbound to the half court. Once Because once you're in the half, half court, you're really going to see who your point guard is. Because that's your point guard is really the one who's going to direct traffic. So... Yeah, depending but, on the team, too. Depending, depending on the team. But for me, like, sometimes... But whatever. I think that when it comes down to it, who's in the half court really directing traffic's really your team's point guard, depending on what you feel. So I just think you run the offense through Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And if you got, like, a 6'7", Trevor Ariza-type wing and could just 
clamp down on teams, they would. I I think that would be the best bet because I think Tatum can yeah. make plays. I think Jalen Brown can make plays. And I think Marcus Smart can make plays. Yeah, that's personally, that that's a me thing, but that's also just how I how I'd always build teams is tall, I mean, yeah. athletic wings who can do multiple things. Which is how they built their team, and you know they do have that in Tatum and Brown, as you said, uh, who have both improved, especially Jalen as a playmaker this season. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart, underrated playmaker. So in that sense, they don't necessarily need Kemba. Thing is, though, it's where I play devil's advocate with myself. Mm-hmm. Kemba, he, when he's on, he's great. You know, he's not... Cardiac Kemba. Yeah, he's Cardiac <laughs> Kemba. He's not maybe in that Kyrie class, but he's like a step below where he can play make for you, get you that seven assists, get you buckets. Yeah, and that's his, the thing. His last season as a Hornet was phenomenal. He averaged like 26 a game. Like, Kemba is... He's a special talent. I just yeah. think for the Boston Celtics team... Getting you could get something for him, and I think you could get pieces that would really that could that just be harder to defend. Possibly, it, it would depend what the trade is. Mm-hmm. It would depend what the trade is. I would personally, if it was Kemba and we're betting on Marcus Smart being our main playmaker in crunch time, yeah, you know, I would like to see that for a quality big, possibly, and mm-hmm. then maybe a backup point guard because T hasn't been really what we wanted, but we got Pritchard also at that backup spot where he plays well yeah um but i don't know i would like to see at least two weeks of this team together That's see what fair. a healthy kemba looks like next to marcus smart jalen jason jason tatum actually came out today and said he's still feeling the effects of covid and will find himself more tired during games etc et too yeah so it's a it's a real thing it's a weird season because about a week and a half ago they were still in this 500 spot and I think I want to say they started off like you know five and two. We were like a few games above five hundred, and Brad Stevens was upset with his team. You never really hear him speak out against his team, and he was saying like, "No, we're not where we need to be." Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, they were about five hundred with Kemba coming back, and had you know what I thought was a couple of bad losses, and Brad Stevens was like, "No, we're trending towards where we need to be," and I kind of backed off. But these last few losses, especially the other night. Just did not have. I don't know. There's, there's reason for concern, but again, it's you know as we've mentioned, it's hard to tell what's real and what's fake right now in the NBA. So if aside you, from six to seven teams, if you could say in a deal with Orlando that could land you Aaron Gordon and like Mo Bamba, would you do something like that? It's funny because those are both players I've said I would like to see the Celtics get. Like if you could trade like Kemba and like Kemba a first round pick in like two years. And some someone low for Mo Bamba and Aaron Gordon. What are we doing? You want to do that? Depends how Kemba looks over the stretch. If Kemba's okay. looking like a wild card like he has these first couple weeks, getting his legs back, then sure. You know, if if Marcus Smart comes back after the break and this team's looking like the Celtics I know, then you kind of ride it out. You'd okay. still want, I would want to move Dunn to get that wing because it's, it's been said the Celtics have interest in Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. And after the last game especially, I was like, you know what? Harrison Barnes on this team in that Hayward role, obviously not the playmaking that Hay- Hayward has, but uh, you know, just that third wing with Kemba, that's a team that could do some damage. You know, That's a different team. Then, yeah, I like Kemba in that role. But I don't know. Now there's rumors that we're interested in Drummond. I have no idea. So I, if you told me Kemba was off this team in a few weeks, I believe it. If you told me... 
you know, who knows with age. If Mark, Marcus Smart was gone for the right player in a few weeks, I just would not be surprised. I yeah. think Danny's going to make Jalen some Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum locked up, throw the key away. Yeah. Other than that, anyone I, on the team's open. And I would say up until today when I was, you know, we found out that Tatum's still having these lingering effects, I was really disappointed in Tatum. Because I think Jalen Brown kind of took the leap over him as far as being the best player. And I don't, you know, quite literally mean that. But this season, Jalen was outperforming Jason, at least on a consistent level, mm-hmm. and especially on both ends. And Trent had been telling me that, you know, he was on our opening show. He'd been hitting me saying, I'm telling you, Jalen's your best player, the best player. He, and and Trent's, like, been ah. say, Trent's been saying that for, like, not just now. He's been yeah. saying that for a little bit of time, too. And I, the, I can't agree with that because he certainly was not our best player for past he's seasons. He's but, loved, he loves Jalen Brown. I can't absolutely. blame him. Jalen Brown's great. Jalen's great. Uh, but the, just this season, absolutely. I would say Jalen's been our best player, number one. And uh, Tatum's just got to have more effort. But, I mean, if he's got the shortness of breath during games because of COVID, I guess we can't really blame him. No, but, uh, I was going to say. But we'll see going forward. I'm, you know, if my panic level out of 10, it's like, it's at a 5.56 right now. Mine's we'll see. That, mine's weird because mine goes from like a four to a seven. Like, I have With no way. I, I, I just don't know. Like, their team's confusing. Like they saw, I saw they they're starting to bring Tyler Hero back off the bench because I think that's his best role because mm-hmm. they did start because we were talking about him being sixth man of the year and you were like I think he's gonna start he did mm-hmm. but as of late they've been bringing him off the bench and I think that's his role I just think right now as the player he is a six man is perfect because he can get in a rhythm with that second unit and then mm-hmm. really. And, he, and he's still young and he's young he's a guy who shines in the bright lights it's like he likes the bright lights you can mm-hmm. kind of tell. I think this Miami team kind of does too. Like they just kind of play up, or they can play down to their competition. It's, I don't know with them right now. I think they're just like in an identity crisis in a sense. They've had a lot of people out too. They've, they've Drag- been out. Dragic hasn't been in all the time. Kendrick Nunn too. So they like once they're. I think that two week buy for a team like this with especially with a coach like Eric Spolstra and a Miami organization. I think they're going to turn it around, which is why I'm kind of like up and down. But the thing is, looking right now, they've played bad. They're only two and a half games out of the four seed. So, yeah, we'll get out of here. Thank you for listening to us. This is the Warner Brothers Podcast. 